Hi, welcome to Andis Writing, a tipsy writing podcast for one of our mini episodes. Every other Friday, you can also join us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch for a live stream. To see the upcoming schedule, check our website at anditswriting.com. I'm Amy Avery, writer of adult fantasy. I also self-publish under the pen name Avery Ames. And I'm DC McNaughton, speculative and historical fiction writer. So grab a drink, pop in your earbuds, and enjoy today's episode. Hi, so today we're going to talk about the things that we both wish we'd known sooner about writing and or publishing <laughs> that took a while <laughs> for us to learn uh, the hard the hard way. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, yeah. Yeah. The first one that I know of is that I wish I had known in the publishing process itself how much waiting there is. Yeah, that was a huge surprise to me as well. Um, it's it's funny that you mentioned this one first. And this is why, because I have a friend who doesn't do the internet. Weird, I know. But like he, uh, he, he writes, he lives just down the road from me and he's working on this book. And the other day he asked me like, you know, like if I, if I really wanted to seriously consider this, you know, what should I know? And I'm like, well... Um, <laughs> where do I start? First of all, you know, you know, that thing where you've been working because he's been working on a series of like, it's like a four book series that he's been working on. And I'm like, the first thing that I would do is I would go in with your first book and practice subbing to an agent. And he's like, well, why? And I was like, well, because here's the thing. The whole thing takes a long time. So once you mm -hmm. have an agent, which can take years, it then takes the agent a year or more to sub your book. And then from there, after the publisher has said, yes, you have to wait like another year and a half to two years to go from contract to publish publication. And he just looked at me like, <laughs> like, like I had spoken a different language and I'm like, yeah, it's wild. He's like, wow. And I was like, yeah, that's why I've been sitting here for seven years and I still don't have any money. Like that's, that's why this is happening. Cause it's a very long process. And like, that absolutely is one of those things that I wish I had known too. And it's funny to see someone my age who doesn't really use the internet be like, oh my God, that's a lot. It's like, yeah, I thought so too. Cause there was a time when I didn't keep up with this stuff online either. And I had no idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like everything moves slow, but then also there are just like long periods where you just hear nothing. It's like crickets. Like when you first query, you just send out all your queries and it's like, now I wait. And then same thing with sub, your agent sends it out on sub and you're like, now I wait. Uh, and like, once you're in the publishing process, you like send off your copy edits and now you wait. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If I was going to say something I wish I had known, even just like a year or two ago, like right before I got Sarah as my agent, I, when, when I talked to her, I guess the first, okay. Let me back up. The first thing I was really upset about was the fact that I'm an illustrator and I don't even know if I get to do my own cover. Um, in my whole life, I've been going, you know, by the seat of my pants thinking, you know, like I'm an illustrator. Like I want to be able to like do my own book cover of my book. I might want to do interior illustrations. That sounds like fun to me. That's how I imagined my career as a writer. Um, and then it, all of that was thwarted, especially recently with like, you know, all of the drama surrounding around covers, AI art, and all this other stuff. I'm just like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. I really do hope at this point Sarah vouches for me and it's just like, eh, you know what? 
but can I get my my writer to illustrate their own cover? Like, can we work with that? Like, because man, there's just so much stuff. But like, um, and then before, uh, after that, you know, when I first talked to Sarah, the the thing that I was really um shocked by was the fact. And actually, when you started publishing too, I was really shocked that they didn't like the idea of anything self-published that the publisher didn't want. It couldn't be published. Mm-hmm. In, a, in, a, in a time frame that would compete with a book that they published. So like all of my hopes and dreams of maybe, you know, putting putting my books that nobody did want out on self-published so that I could still have them there kind of were crushed because like I don't know when someone's going to want my book. I don't know like what that's going to look like. And my agent said, don't self-publish anything because it looks, it looks bad to the publisher when you're um, a, a debut author. That, of course, you know, it applied to you, too, because you had self-published something beforehand, mm-hmm. but you got lucky, you know, like you you mm-hmm. managed to get in even with something self-published beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I was, you know, I was kind of like, really? Like, I can't mm-hmm. do that? Like, that's so annoying. And I was just so excited to do it and, and you know, be making money on the side from my own thing while making no money waiting on the professional thing. And it was just kind of hit me hard but I'm okay now. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the, it looks bad if you self-publish may be different before you get an agent versus after you get an agent, because I had self-published before I even got the agent. So it's kind of like, everybody's kind of like, oh, well, that was before, that was the before times. And (laughs) because it was a series, it was a trilogy and I had already started it. The publisher and my agent were like, we'll, we'll put a ring fence in your contract so you can finish that series. Cause they don't, they don't want to pick up that series. It's already ongoing and you already self-published it. Right. But if you self-publish while you're on sub, I could see how that would look weird to publishers, but it's yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's absolutely frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of what else I wish I had known. I think the other thing is I wish I had known how many other people you're going to have to work with on your writing like oh yeah betas critique partners agents doing edits editors doing edits copy editors doing edits you know you you think oh i'm gonna get the agent and then i'm gonna get the editor and i'll work with the editor and there's so many steps between there that involve other people (laughs) yeah yeah that's I can see that being shocking to somebody who like, see, I'm used to a pipeline because I'm an illustrator. Yeah. And, and when you work for, you know, like literally anything in my industry, there's a pipeline. You are part of the pipeline. And so I, that's something that I was not shocked about. So that's that's interesting. Another thing for me is, uh, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that you only got a hardcover if you did well in the first printing or some dumb shit like that. Sometimes, not all the time. But I guess there's this thing where, like, you don't always get a hardcover when the publisher makes a deal with you. It's usually printed softcover first or something like that. Or is it the other way around? It's the other way around. It's usually hardcover first unless they only do paperback, which some publishers do. Right. But if they do either or or both, yeah, you get hardcover first and then you only get paperback if the hardcover does well. Right. And that what that to me was like really interesting because I'm like, wow, that kind of like it removes the people who don't want to pay the full price for the hardcover and mm-hmm. things like that. And I it's not like, you know, 
I say that I wish I would have known, but it's not like it would have changed anything. It was just like really interesting Mm -hmm. that that was how it is because I was just kind of like, huh, like that kind of, I feel like that takes like a big pool of lesser off people away from them buying your solid copy because like not, I remember growing up, (laughs) I didn't have fucking money to buy a hardcover book. Like, I feel like. And especially now, because now they're like 30 bucks. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No. It's wild now, too, especially because I don't actually know if the soft covers are that much cheaper, but I feel like they are. Like, am I wrong? I'm going to look at one real quick uh, that was released recently, uh, $17.99. And I think this one came out last year. Uh-huh. So that is pretty That is pretty cheap in comparison. Oh, my God. I remember when books were $6. This one's $20.22 and $17.99 paperback. And then the hardcover that I just bought, like, this week is... $30.99 and both are fantasy novels. Which is probably why they do that because they get more money mm-hmm. from the hardcover printing. So I guess it makes sense. That's nice, you know, I guess. there There is kind of a pushback now, especially in like YA and younger to not do hardcover because like teenagers and tweens their parents are not wanting to buy them books that are as expensive Mm -hmm. so there's kind of like a conversation going on right now and i don't think anybody's making any decisions yet but i know barnes and noble has said that they are no longer stocking hardcovers of some ya debut titles and middle grade debut titles which then means they probably won't get a paperback run so people are like can we do paperback first in ya please yes i Yep, I did remember. I did remember that coming across one of uh, the KT literary meetings, and I was just like, "Wow, really? That's wow." I mean, at the same time, it's—I don't know—it's got its its pluses because you know mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble can only fit in their store what will fit on the shelf. So mm-hmm. if they're shop, if they're stocking both paperback and hardcover, like I can mm-hmm. see that taking up space from other people getting slipped on the bookshelves. So I don't know, though. Well, the problem is the hardcover comes first. So if they never stock the hardcover, then the author never gets a paperback run. Gotcha. So that's that's but that's that's the concern, um, because, gotcha. yeah, they once the paperback comes out. Yeah, usually they'll just stock one or the other, depending. But until then. Right. I, there's just you can't get it unless you like order it online or you go up to Barnes and Noble and ask them to order it. Yeah. Like, how can they survive without hardcover? That's so bizarre. They generally publish hardcover by like the splashier titles. You go in and you see the big table full of like, you know, book talk books. Right. Or well-known authors like the next Stephen King book is going to come out. But debut authors are the ones, especially YA and middle grade debut authors are the ones who are kind of suffering from that right now. And that sucks. We'll see how that plays out. But say, I feel like this episode should have been called, uh, the things I wish I didn't know about publishing and then never found out because there's a lot of there's a lot of those that I could go on about. The depressing things. I'll do some good ones here in a minute. I was just going to say one of the other ones that I wish I'd known that is a little depressing is the this is specific to the United States. So I'm sorry for people who are outside the U.S. I do not know how it works is how taxes work on your advance because <laughs> you probably were aware of this as well. I was not familiar with freelance income. And taxes are going to take like 25, 30% of that advance. Um, And then you have the 15% first for the agent. So just know when you get that offer, you're seeing like 60, 65% of that, which I mean, hey, it's still money and I'm still happy for it. But I just did not know. And if you do get an advance, make sure you put aside 
the tax money for when tax season comes around because they are going to ask for that money. I think the freelance tax is bullshit because most of the people like me who have to use it do not make enough money to pay 30% taxes yeah. on my paychecks. I can't, I can't afford, I can't afford it. I'm dying people. Like I don't think they realize how much money that is to somebody who doesn't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Like that's, if I get a hundred dollars and I have to give 30 of it to the government, I don't think they realize that $30 to me is like, that's like amazing. I see people go out and buy, you know, things for like 30 bucks. And I'm like, damn, you just go out there and buy it just like that. And like, then just say like, it's not, you know, it's, Oh, it was just $30. And I'm like, Dude, no, I have to work hard to get thirty dollars. Like that's that's good money. <laughs> there's there's a reason I don't actually buy that many books, and I'm terrible at it. But that's why I love the library. Thank you, library. <laughs> Thanks, library. Oh my gosh. One good thing that I did not know was depending on your publisher, and I may have just been lucky on this. I didn't realize how much support you can get from a publisher. Um, so that's our positive. <laughs> you were very fortunate from what I've heard. Mm -hmm. Very fortunate. I have heard horror stories. I have heard horror stories. <laughs> about people just not getting any marketing, mm -hmm. any guidance, any anything. And I'm not going to name publishers, but there's yeah. a big one for fantasy that doesn't have any support for anybody. And it's kind of wild. I was so excited when you started to get the support mm -hmm. because I was like, yes, that means they're grooming you. <laughs> I want this to be awesome because like not a lot of people do it. I'd only heard the horror stories. And so I assumed mm -hmm. that I, it was just like you were getting thrown to the wolves. So, I mean, there is a caveat to take this with some caution because it does vary from publisher to publisher, but it's not always a horror story, which was a pleasant surprise. Right. Is Flatiron with Macmillan? Flatiron is under Macmillan. Okay. So Macmillan owns the other company I'm yes, talking about, the do. other publisher I'm talking <laughs> about, which is really interesting because it's it's the same head of operations, I guess. I don't know what you want to call it. What is it? The, the imprints are kind of... It's the same mega print. <laughs> it's the same. Well, it's a house. It's the house, right? Yeah. They're owned by the same publishing house, but the yeah. imprints kind of run independently of one another. And so like, we'll have like... For example, when I get my copy edits, the little like letter of like, here's how to mark them is says like Macmillan standards. Mm. But the way they're actually like run in house as far as like publicity and buying books and how many they're going to print and all that stuff is kind of just like independent of each other. And each one okay. has different like, as far as I know, I think they each have different. I don't know what the title is, but different people running the mm -hmm. the branches yeah. and so yep. they do kind of come from the same tree but the branches kind of run because i've heard this with other major publishers too is that some imprints treat their authors better than others <laughs> right which is great because it would really suck if all of mcmillan's imprints didn't provide support to their mm -hmm. writers <laughs> it also depends on the just the author there's an there's another podcast called Publishing Rodeo that I highly recommend if you have a strong stomach for publishing news, because it's two authors who were both published by the same publisher in the same year, and one got a ton of support and one did not. And they are very frank about, here's how it played out. Here's what I got. Here's what they got. It's illuminating, but scary. <laughs> yeah. And, and it shows you, for instance, how lucky you are. And I'm just so glad. And I can't wait to see how this plays out. And I'm glad that we got one of the supportive ones. So, like, I feel like, yeah, 
team Avery. <laughs> I'm all excited, you know, like, because you did get lucky and that's awesome. But, you know, even if you don't get lucky, quote unquote, that doesn't mean anything. You can still really succeed super mm-hmm. hard. And so like saying someone got lucky doesn't mean that, that, you know, it was all luck based or it was all, you know, one thing or the other. They decided to help Avery. But, you know, I've seen a lot of people who don't get the extra help really do well, mm-hmm. too. So like it doesn't really matter, but it's nice to have the guidance. Yeah. Like, for instance, if I if I ended up getting a, a publisher that didn't really help me too much, I don't think I would be sad. Like, I would figure it out, like, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm fortunate enough to have a brain that's like, OK, <laughs> I got to do business and like starts doing it. So, you know, it's it's cool that, you know, people get lucky, but it's not everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to give anybody the wrong idea about that. I'm just excited for Avery. <laughs> <laughs> OK, we're coming up um, on time. But I was going to say, do you have any good ones to kind of end end on? No. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, you know, I kind of knew a lot. I had done a lot of research. So like, I, I didn't feel blindsided by a lot because I'm a heavy researcher. So like, I kind of knew like when I was working on my first draft, uh, draft my first book, I was like, I'm going to see what this looks like. And I, I remember my first big surprise was that I had to have an agent. I had no (laughs) idea. And thank goodness, because I wouldn't know what the fuck I'm doing with that one. So Yeah. (laughs) yeah, but no, that's pretty much all I have. Okay, well, that was our fun slash depressing episode. I wasn't depressing. (laughs) It's informative. You don't know depressing until you know depressing. (laughs) It was informative. Informative, yes. Okay, well, that's all for this one. So we'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Every other Friday, you can also join us at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch for a live stream. To see the upcoming schedule, check out our website at anditswriting.com. And a reminder that if you heard anything in the episode that interested you, please check out the show notes for links and information.